0: Welcome back to the TTOT, Titani Talks OTOT, standing for, of course, occupational therapy, but also standing for overtime as we do it aside from the day job, working as an OT, working for the city, and of course, OT, hopefully standing for on target to help you, those you know, or anyone in life, live more functionally, live more independently, live more occupationally, and live more from a perspective of how we can make the most out of our days, living life to its fullest, as the credo of the AOTA, the American Occupational Therapy Association, goes. This season, we're talking the thought of the day, whatever comes to mind, to my mind that day, from an OT perspective, literally the show where we talk a thought of the day from an OT to stay. I was reading some fascinating articles recently, talking with different people, and thinking out loud how the current trends of society for us young families. Very difficult to afford huge properties, major properties, or large houses. I talked about this last season also, how there's different size houses, small, medium, and large. And then there's, of course, the mansions and the estates that no one on earth really can afford, except for like the millionaires of the artists and entertainers. But most commonly, you know, the the trend has been, our parents generation and grandparents generation had different sized houses. Interestingly, a lot of grandparents don't have the crazy houses sizes. They don't have the large houses. They have the medium or the small houses. I think about, you know, different families and the grandparents. They had very modest homes, you know, whether they were in Brooklyn or different communities or different boroughs. And then the kids had big houses. And then their kids, my generation, we don't have those medium or large houses. There are exceptions, of course. By and large, especially in my town, most of us have the different size houses and what people might call starter homes or small homes, but what most of us probably have to make do with for our lives because with the the incomes that we make, with the jobs that we make, with the, the way that society has gone and the way that life around us has gone, especially here in New York and Long Island, we can't really get those huge, huge, huge houses. I think about the rabbi of our community who maybe could have moved to a bigger house. There are some people from our congregation, one of the synagogues, who moved one or two, but most people just build up. I know one of our friends on the avenue over here built up the second floor, the people that are in the house of the ritual bath in our community they built up a little bit the rabbi around the corner also added on a room for both layers and hopefully one day we could lift up the front part but the main point being that i was thinking about how most of us are in whatever size house 1300 square foot 14 15 16 maybe not like america which for some reason on average says that the average family has a 2,400 to 3,000 square foot home, which I really don't agree with that at all. They say that every person in the household really needs four to 600 square foot per person. So if you have a family of four, you really need to have 2,000 at least. And if you have a family of five, you need 2,500, you need a family of six, that's crazy. So a family of eight, you expect them to be able to have a 3,500 or 4,000 square foot house. What kind of craziness, who on earth has that much money, has that ability to have a house. Even of the people growing up in my community, I don't know anyone that had a 4,000-square-foot house. My friend had a family of six. His house was, all right, a little bigger than ours, but it was not a 4,000-square-foot house craziness. In our community, you know, the houses again, between the 1,200 to maybe 2,000 square feet, but much smaller than that. And then I was reading different articles about, you know, different size families. According to America, if you have three or more kids, four or more kids, you're considered a large family. Wow! Even though in the olden days, in a grandparents' day, it was very common to have three, four, five, six kids. The trend in America, for some reason, according to different articles I was reading, is that Americans are getting larger houses... But having smaller families, which is very, very sad. The average people in a household nowadays is not even 3.1. It used to be that the average amount of people in a household is 3.1. Now it's 2.64. So some people aren't even having kids, which is terribly sad and tragic, I could tell you. Even though the kids drive me nuts, they are the highlight of our life, my wife and I there's nothing like it it's amazing amazing incredible thing that uh, a man and a woman can have a child together with the help of god it is beautiful 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 so the trend is that there are bigger houses for less people. What kind of craziness? So you're buying more house for less people? Even Hallmark, La Havda La Hav, when we watch the Hallmark shows, ninety percent of the time it's a like single kid, no siblings, which is crazy. Sometimes they'll give them one sibling, very, very rare in the show, which is indicative of what they believe they see in society, it's very rare to have two or three siblings, almost unheard of. So when I was reading these articles, Recently, about how there are these big families living in small homes. I thought it was fascinating, fascinating how they were able to figure out. I don't recommend it for most people to have nine children, eight children, 10 children, and a thousand square feet. It sounds preposterous, but they may do. A lot of these families, there's one family that was talking about living in a tiny home, a five person family. Currently, my wife and I obviously are a five person family. Kanae Hara, thank God we're blessed with three kids. All of us should be zocha to have many more children and have large families. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. That's why there's a whole show on 19 and counting because it's a crazy, against the grain thing to have a large family in America, in society, even around the world. It's like, wow, two kids, you're like, okay, great. Two kids and a dog is like the big American dream. When you have three or more, you're looked at like you're nuts. How old are your kids? Baruch Hashem, it's a beautiful blessing, a blessing from God to be able to have kids. Every kid is their own thing. That's a whole other lecture for another type. But the idea is that thinking about the idea of why is it, where has it come that bigger is better? In other countries, especially Israel, which I'm very familiar with. I lived there for two years when I was studying in seminary. It's very common to have smaller spaces, even larger families they make do. It's not a crime. It's not against the law to share a room. Where did it come up with that we need to have one bedroom per kid? That means if you have four kids, you need to have five bedrooms, one for the parent, one for each kid. What kind of craziness? Other countries, you know, there's a famous quote from the Canadian-American Red Cross. If you have a roof over your head, whatever type of roof you have clothing on your back, food on your table, you're richer than like ninety percent of the world because so many people in the world don't even have houses. Some people in the in the in the in third world countries or even developed countries, they don't even have it. Some people live in tents, some people live in hunts. There are many people that are low linear which should have nerfed such things. They live in shelters. Where has it come that you need to have mansions for a regular family? Why do you need twenty five hundred square feet? Why do you need two thousand square feet? Especially if someone's living alone, especially if someone is just a, a couple and has one grown kid in the house, you need 2,500 square feet. One study was saying, if you go across the study, it was a longitudinal study, like 42 families were studied for a period of four years, and and they looked out to see sociologically how much of a house was used. So this family, for example, had a beautiful 2,500 square foot home. They had a huge patio, huge indoor porch, huge living room, huge dining room, family room, den, um, kitchen and what areas of the house were used. So they 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 did these studies and they did these graphics. And you look at a picture, and you see the red dots are where the members of the household. And this is maybe a three-person household, maybe four, maybe five at most, because of course that's the current trend. Otherwise, you're looked at it as crazy for wanting to actually have children, which is a huge mitzvah in Judaism, a huge, beautiful, wonderful thing to do. And you look at where they were, 90% of the time they were in the kitchen, they were in the den, and they were in not even the dining room. They were in the the, the kitchen and the, the living room, and that's really just it. They weren't even in the formal dining room. They were in like the eating nook of the kitchen, and they weren't in the patio. They weren't in the living room. A lot of people have, growing up, this room, is which is like a museum, a muse alone. You can't step foot in it. I know different people had that. I don't know why, so everyone congregated in the family room or the den. So in our house, we don't have that option. You don't have that extra unused room. It makes no sense to have it. We have a living room where you actually live in. You actually use in a dining room, and a kitchen, and a bathroom. And that's what the study found. The study found that across the board, people congregated in the same thing. Whether you had a house that had 15 rooms on the first floor, whether your house had three rooms on the first floor, everyone congregates and tends to spend the most time in the kitchen, the dining room whatever's whatever is considered your living area, where the couches are, where the TV is. We don't have a TV in the living room, but that is where everyone congregated. So the question is, why is there so much unused area? There is a movement called the minimalist movement and the living small movement where people think about going from massive houses to smaller houses and there are many benefits why it's called living in a minimalistic way and that's not just with uh, possessions but even in your living environment because if you have a a house that has 2500 square feet and some people say yeah I'm in every room in the house because you force yourself to be in every room in the house if you had a smaller house you wouldn't have to spread out your clothing, spread out your toys, spread out your utensils and materials and possessions throughout all of the house you use what you need to use. It's very easy to declutter when you have to. A family of nine was saying they have seven children. They went from like a 3,400 square foot to a 12 or maybe 1,500 square foot home and they loved it. They were able to declutter. When you have a small surrounding forces people to have to work things out you can't run away there's nowhere to run to you have to interact you have to eat together you have to each do your own whatever version of play whether someone on the xbox or someone playing with their dolls or someone playing with their legos otherwise you have so much unused space and it's less costly the mortgage will be cheaper the bills will be cheaper the heating the electric the 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 cooling will be much cheaper. There's much less use and you don't feel the need to have to fill up a home. If you have a home that is six rooms on the first floor and it's massive, you're not gonna let it be bare bones, right? You're gonna wanna put pictures, you're gonna wanna paint, you're wanna want to color, you're gonna wanna put on furnishings and furniture. That's a lot of money. Whereas if you have a house, a modest house, a small house and you figure out your creative how to fit everyone in. It's much less expenses. My mortgage is what some people pay rent in different boroughs of New York. Isn't that amazing to be able to have a space that you buy and call your own? That's actually a house, whether it's small or large or whatever. And that is able to be the same price as someone pays rent. And what are they paying? For a one-bedroom and rent? Crazy. It also fosters the besides from money saving and, and interactions. It fosters a cozy ability. You get to figure out how to make use of your space. I talk about it on a lot of the show over the years, over the seasons. What we did to maximize the space recently, you know, we switched over the the coat closet. We added hooks. We put on a. Um, we put on the curtain instead to make it more accessible. I talked about how the ottoman itself has space. I have boxes for the different tours along the r- walls of the room of the living room. Besides for our big sectional couch, and I talked about how we have the the piece in the dining room, the two pieces, and how we added the cabinets in the kitchen, how we added the, the pantry type of Rubbermaid in the basement. Different ways of maximizing your space space. Being minimalist is thinking, well, how much space do I really need? And does so much space make me really happy? What could I do if I cut down on space and added it in, into my wallet? Now, a lot of us, many of us nowadays, especially through the pandemic, had to figure out how to really live, how to really save, how to really get by, especially for those of us who pay private school tuition in the Jewish community. We have to cut down on other things because we need them to have that education. We need them to be able to get the learning, get the experience. So what can we do? Where can we save? We have one car, a minivan. Over time, we did different projects of updating the kitchen and the driveway with many different various factors of how we got help to do it. But the question is, how can we live minimalist? How much, how much stuff do we really need? Does each kid really need their own room? Does each kid really need to have 17 sets of clothing? Does each kid really need to have 45 different toys? Think about the idea of the movement of what really, really brings you joy, as Marie Kondo explains on Netflix. I never actually show this, saw the show, but I know the idea. If it doesn't bring you joy, don't keep it. And recently, we went through stuff recently. We took down a lot of toys into the basement that are not used. Keep things around you really need. How much space do you really need? Think about being minimalist in design. You know that a lot of people in Europe don't even have pantries, don't even have chest freezers. They have a small fridge, a small freezer, and they buy for the week what they need. They don't stock up for 10 years in advance. For some reason in America, bigger is better. This 2,500, 3,500, 4,500 square foot. You have to have a massive fridge. Our house doesn't allow that. Our house is a 30 inch wide fridge. We only have up to 68 inches for the fridge freezer combination. I do want to switch to the bottom freezer, and I found one model that fits in the color scheme of white, like our kitchen. We do have the chest freezer in the basement, but other countries don't have that, especially in Israel, I've talked about before most most families live in apartments they don't have houses and if they do have houses it's a semi-attached one side shares a wall with someone else and even so it's a living dining room combination and the kitchen is right there sometimes they'll have an extra room on the first floor upstairs three maybe four bedrooms maybe a basement not usually an attic different cultures different societies especially when there's a lack of space they don't have the ability to do such things to live such ways why is it that in america it is such a thing Different people think of living minimalistically, think of different, and they're very, very happy. I read an article that says four or more children actually brings the most overall happiness when you have so many beautiful amount of kids. Obviously, everyone has to make their own decisions, but um, you could always feel free to, feel, to continue the conversation. Reach out to me, maximumtee at com. But there's so many people in my two years of studying that, that I visited that do live in apartments, and they're very, very happy. As long as you have that roof over your head, you have a place to sit, you have a place to eat, you have a place to sleep. Where has it come? We've gone so out of control. The bigger is better in America especially. It's not seen around the world and I wonder why. If you agree with the idea of being minimalistic, going minimalistic and thinking of living in a smaller area but you still figure out how each kid can have their own bed. Each kid has a spot that they could sit at the table, a spot they could sit on the couch and have a little space that they could play outside That's what they need. In the olden days, I know one family that grew up in a two-bedroom apartment, eight kids, and somehow they were very, very happy. Tell me what you think. Maximum, T-E-E, at yahoo.com. Being minimalistic, thinking minimalistic, living minimalistic, maybe it could brighten up your days, make your days more occupational, more functional, more interesting, and more happy, and warm and loving all around. Because things don't make us happy. People make us happy. Outlook on life. And how we approach life is what really makes us happy. This has been the TOTD, the thought of the day here on the TTOT. Sorry for the extended episode. And I'm your host, Tani.